This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain market traded both sides of unchanged this week ahead of the Christmas holiday break. Zaner Group Ag Hedge Lead Ted Seifert thinks option expiration is underpinning this market a bit. Can option expiration. And that's a bigger deal for soybeans because there's a January contract than it is for, say, corn. Uh, but, you know, you get the feeling with the, the strength that we've seen lately that they're just trying to keep the, the next series of call strikes from coming into play. So uh, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if we see a little bit more weakness, especially in soybeans by the end of the day, maybe pull those 13, 20 calls out of the money. Uh, but really, that's, I think that's really the only thing that we've got going on here at the moment. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo also thinks weather in South America is underpinning the grain market. Like what we had about a week ago on last Friday, these model maps are projecting this rainfall after day seven. And so we're going to have some pretty significant heat in Argentina. We're going to have some pretty significant dryness in southern Brazil still. And, you know, we all know these weather models are only about 40 to 50 percent accurate after day four or five. So I think the trade's wisely keeping enough weather premium in the trade going into the Christmas holiday, but they also see the weekly export sales disappointing for soybeans. Great for products, but disappointing for soybeans. And this bit of wetter weather probably creating some longs to want to take some profit. Kansas City wheat market also has seen double-digit gains this past week. Uh, S&W trading market analyst Andy Schistler says that market has a bigger story brewing. The spring wheat had its run. We moved up into the $10, $11 area off of horrible crop conditions and a bad overall crop. And I think Kansas City wheat, the drought that's hanging around out west, you know, we go into the winter in poor conditions and we've got high winds and no rain, no rain, no rain. I mean, I just have to think the amount of abandonment in Kansas City wheat is going to be high and we come into a season with crop claim. And there's no way the current weather forecast is good for Kansas City wheat. So that means like our two big wheat crops are going to get stung this year and it's pretty bullish. Schistler says those RMA Kansas wheat numbers also indicate a lower crop. Yeah, they figured high wheat prices would produce acres, but the drought and everything else, it just just didn't happen, you know. So I think that was really friendly. It's just amazing how dry it stayed. USDA released its December cattle on feed report and the quarterly hogs and pigs report after the market close on Thursday. The on-feed numbers for cattle, USDA at 100%, unchanged from the previous month. Placements for during November were up 4%, and marketings were up 5% in the cattle. In the quarterly hogs and pigs report released after the market closed, the as of December 1st, all hogs and pigs numbered just over 74 million head. That's down 4% from last year. The kept for breeding number virtually unchanged from last year at just over 6 million head. Marketings were listed at 68 million head. That's down 4% from a year ago. The next big market mover for the grains is the January supply demand report. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says that will be the next big factor. I think there is a feeling that the ethanol demand has to go up, you know, 50 to 100 million bushels on corn, that the export pace has to be cut eventually up to 100 million bushels. And we'll start to look at uh, what are the acre mixes going out next year. And that's a look at markets. This Week in Agriculture, I'm Randy Conan.
Minnesota farm business management instructors like Betsy Jensen work with you to reach your farm financial goals. I know farmers don't like numbers. You guys want to be an attractor, and I get that. That's why you work with somebody in farm business management, because I love to work on numbers. And so between the two of us, we can work out a plan. You give me some production info. I help you with the financials, and most importantly, we keep the bankers happy. Minnesota farm business management instructors come right to your farm. Online options also available. Find out more at agcentric.org. This is Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network wishing you the very best during this Christmas season. On behalf of Colleen, Randy, Kara, Sierra, Ashley, Jay, Dave, and Drew, thanks for listening to the Red River Farm Network. This has been an unbelievable year, and we're proud to be delivering the news, markets, and weather information that our farmers and ranchers depend on. Once again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year from the Red River Farm Network. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Agriculture industry would like more clarification on the EPA's dicamba-related incident report for this past year. Minnesota Department of Agriculture's Director of Pesticide and Fertilizer Management, Joshua Stamper, says not all of that report information is coming from the states, including the stat that Minnesota has 711 dicamba complaints. We had... I believe it was 140 investigations and then a total of almost 300 total complaints. Some of what we submitted was misrepresented in this EPA report. The EPA is in a tough spot um, because they will likely you know, face a lawsuit regarding the registration of dicamba because of the fact that they had so many complaints that were coming from counties where there are endangered species. And you know, the, the litigation that will be leveled against the EPA will be largely in response to the, these damage complaints. The American Soybean Association's Director of Government Affairs, Kyle Kunkler, says EPA's dicamba incidents report will take a while to fully review. However, the first 20 pages has sparked a few questions. I think what we want to do is make sure that any sort of re- reports or investigations that are coming out um, are fair that, uh, you know, that, that any sort of incidences are being, you know, fully investigated and verified to give us a real picture of, to that question, is it working or isn't it? And, you know, the way that some of, the, you know, some of those unanswered questions occur in this report, I, I, you know, it, it certainly paints a picture. But, uh, you know, if, if some of those, un, un, you know, unaddressed details were, um, you know, adequately answered, it very well be painting a different picture than what we're seeing here. A new study from the U.S. Government Accountability Office, or GAO, takes a closer look at USDA's 2018 and 2019 market facilitation programs. GAO findings state the way USDA estimated the value of lost exports in 2019 resulted in higher payments and says the baseline export values for corn and wheat are inappropriately high. GAO also says the way USDA distributed the payments meant that there were uneven payments for the same crop. GAO recommended to USDA to improve their review process and provide greater transparency in future analysis. USDA has extended the deadline for organic farmers to apply for pandemic relief linked to organic certification and education expenses. Original deadline was January 7th. That has been moved back to February 4th. 
There's concern about increased fertilizer prices heading into the next growing season. American Soybean Association CEO Steve Sensky says shutting off fertilizer imports from Morocco and Russia is not helping the situation. We have weighed in uh, uh, with, a, with the Court of International Trade asking, uh, siding with, uh, with the, the Moroccan importers saying that asking that these be reviewed and, and uh, uh, taken off. But unfortunately, our decision in that case probably won't come until spring or summertime. And in the meantime, uh, producers are faced with these high prices and with imports uh, from those countries basically shut off. Survey conducted by Farmer Mac and the American Bankers Association identified inflation as the biggest concern among agricultural lenders. Over 500 ag lenders were surveyed for the report. A return to higher inflation will be the first for many bankers who have had no experience with it during their careers. A quarterly report from Farmer Mac indicates inflation is likely to be a bad thing for farmers, but the impact may be less severe than lenders fear. Inflation levels are not expected to reach the extremes that was seen during the farm crisis days of the 1980s. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. When you think your crop is in the clear and you're feeling assured, beware. That's when late-season pigweed suddenly emerges to take over your soybean fields. Don't let pigweed creep back. Add Zidua SC herbicide to your post-application for residual control that lasts up to two weeks longer than many competitive products. Or add Outlook herbicide, which activates with as little as a quarter inch of rainfall. BASF. We create chemistry. Always read and follow label directions. This is Sierra Doctor from the Red River Farm Network, wishing you and your family peace, health, and prosperity in the new year. The Christmas season is a special time, an opportunity to thank you for being part of the Red River Farm Network audience. We're delivering farm news, market analysis, and weather information to help you in your farming operation. We're proud to be reporting agriculture's business. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Red River Farm Network. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. You can expect a white Christmas this year with wintry weather coming our way. Home on the Prairie weather meteorologist Mark Ewins expects more seasonal cold this weekend. A big area of low pressure sets up over the western U.S. and sends a couple of storm systems out into the plains for the Christmas travel season. Looks like we're going to have several rounds of snow across the area. One coming in on Saturday. That'll produce several inches of snow. And right now it looks like the heavier snows will be over the southern Red River Valley, northeastern South Dakota into west central Minnesota. Then moving forward in time, the day after Christmas into early next week another storm system takes shape and then another system taking shape beyond that for the middle of next week ahead of the New Year's travel period. Ewan says you can expect higher winds heading into next week. With each of these storm systems there will be periods of stronger winds. Right now it looks like later on Sunday into Monday and then again perhaps late Wednesday into Thursday are kind of two key periods where there's going to be from fairly strong winds associated with the low pressure systems that will occasionally produce a lot of blowing and drifting of this fresh snow because with the colder temperatures the snow is going to be a little lighter and fluffier than we've seen with some of the recent events. A few isolated showers are moving through southern Brazil, but amounts are low and dryness will return the following week. 
Conditions for corn and soybeans will continue to decline in the south with dry conditions continuing through at least the next 10 days from Rio Grande into the most of Mato Grasso. Daily showers will continue most significantly in the north through Wednesday with an increasing potential in areas for flooding. Argentina is expecting additional drying and warm weather over the next 10 days in portions of northern, central and east central crop areas. Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback says traders will be very aware of South America's weather over the Christmas holiday. We'll be watching the weather very emphatically. Uh, if, it's, if it's dry and continuation, you could see upward thrust because we are doing some technical breakouts. But if the weather doesn't follow through, you could equally see some downward thrust. So you got to, I think, start making a decision pretty good on beans. Are you going to go all the way to next summer and hope for the dry weather, sir, or are you going to lay off some here? Because I think you got the February-March cash flows right in front of us after the January uh, supply-demand report. Optimism that is built in feeder cattle markets in the second half of the year has been enhanced and consolidated with the fed cattle market breaking out and moving sharply higher in the last two months of the year. Stockman's Livestock Exchange president, Larry Schnell, says the market is better than expected. I would first describe our feeder cattle market as appreciably stronger than what we've expected with the number of calves that have had to be moved due to the drought throughout all of the western United States. It, it would have been very understandable to see a lot of pressure on the market, but that's not what we saw. There's, uh, you know, there's no question we always want to see it higher than it is. But in uh, even the last three weeks or so, we've seen uh, a pretty good jump in the market on all, all weight categories. But even before that, it was really pretty decent. Schnell predicts the market will take a dip in numbers heading into the new year due to the overwhelming amount of calves that have already been sold this fall. Talking about head count, and I sure could be wrong on this, but I think after we get into the first of the year, uh, our numbers will be appreciably down from a year ago. And, uh, you know, whereas normally we'd be selling uh, 3,000, 3,500 or more every week, we'll probably be 25 to 50 percent less than that. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. At Peterson Farm Seed, we're the kind of seed company that believes in doing the right thing, not the easy thing, every time. Like, always eat your vegetables before you get dessert. Or maybe a better example, doing our own replicated research. Not just strip plots, we're talking tens of thousands of plots throughout this region. Also, we can determine exactly which corn and soybean products will perform where it matters, on your farm. It might be easier to just sell you some seed, but our goal is to help you raise more bushels. Peterson Farm Seed, we're that kind of seed company. This is Kara Hart from the Red River Farm Network sending you best wishes in this holiday season. During this special time, we extend our thanks to you for being part of the Red River Farm Network audience. We're celebrating 25 years of delivering farm news, markets, and weather information for the best farmers and ranchers in the world. Thanks for listening as we report agriculture's business. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Red River Farm Network.